Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. <clears throat> my bougainvillea that I move outside for the summer is just going gangbusters. I'm going to take a photo of it for you guys. Have it be today's photo. You have to forgive the uh, unlovely ring barrel next to it. Actually, you can see all three of our rain barrels. They're positioned under the canales to catch the runoff from the roof. And they are all pretty much totally full. Yep. Butterfly bush is also in bloom. <coughs> and hummingbirds and butterflies have been true to billing, hitting it hard. It's a very pretty bush. I really cut it back a lot this year, and it's responded to that. I did that in early spring. I'm doing a little survey of the garden to start here. Oh, oh, sorry. I should say that today is Monday, July 15th. Less than a week to my husband's 60th birthday. Amazing. Next Sunday is his birthday. And only three days till I go to Comic Con. So, I'm doing a survey of the garden because David said he heard a boom out here last night. Like some critter had knocked something over. and But he couldn't figure out what it was. So I am doing a survey for it. And I am not seeing anything either. Sometimes I think he, he, he dreams vividly. And I think he thinks he hears things that don't exist. <laughs> but yeah, there is no sign of anything. <laughs> it's funny. I was about to say, oh, hey, this one pot of flowers took off overnight. But I forgot I swapped. I moved one that was doing well in a lower position to one in a higher position to see if I could get them to, um, you know, get the one that hadn't been doing as well to come along to I was like oh wow boom <laughs> no 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 that's the one that was already doing well Jeffy yeah the world is always new and exciting when you don't remember that you did things <laughs> I also did some trimming up of the uh, grape arbor last night and cleared out some of these dead vines it's not an easy proposition because the, the, the older branches, the older vines of the grapes, of the grapevine itself, get very woody and dry and dead looking. And some of them are dead, but others are actually twining along and leading to good growth. So it's sort of that... Um, you know, the, I've always loved this saying that uh, blooming on old wood. These are things that bloom on old wood. And the grapes grow on new vines that spring off of old wood. I think it's a beautiful metaphor. I used it in an essay once. Actually, the essay that really kind of got me my first initial success. It was funny giving my workshop on Saturday because I've given that workshop a number of times. Um, and it's called Defying Gravity, 
writing crush genre and succeeding anyway. And I put it together first about four years ago. Yeah. 2015, I think. And I've given it several times. So I, you know, I look over the slides and I look to update some things, but I didn't go through and practice it. I hate practicing stuff. And so I was talking ahead of the slides a lot of the time. It was kind of different because I was up at the front of the room and the slides were at the back, so I couldn't look and see what the next slide was, which is what I would normally do. So that threw me off my rhythm a little bit. I'm looking at this one shriveled vine that I clearly clipped its artery vine. I'm sorry. I guess that's just... <coughs> the breaks sometime but there's a nice cluster of once green grapes that are now not because <laughs> i took away its life source but the vine looks much better anyway i was thinking it was just funny to revisit that stuff because i'm in a different place now than i was even four years ago when i first put it together and i hadn't talked through all of those things and one of the things that it's funny to discuss is that, you know, that initial essay that I got. <laughs> and when was that? That was like um, 94 or 95. I had an essay published in Red Book. And it was back in the days before blogging took off, before there was cheap writing on the Internet. And I got paid a dollar a word for that essay. So I got $3,000 for one essay, and which was, you know, that was, wow, that was uh, really good, right? <laughs> and, you know, and, and I even was saying to the gals, to Lyra, when I was giving the presentation, you know, that people had said to me, oh, now you've made it. But, you know, it's never that easy. It's just, um, there, there is never a making it moment. I'm freeing another dead vine. Sorry, I can't help myself or dying vine, clipped vine, shorn of its source. I have to get out my snippers. Um, you know, the, the editor that published that story left the magazine right after that. And not long after that, the, uh, you know, that was mid-90s and blogging was kicking in. And I did have a friend who was telling me that I should have been monetizing my blogging then. <coughs> In fact, that's why I have the um, subject line on my, uh, I tag it sometimes on my blog, that's cats in New Mexico weather. And of course, this was much later, but she was telling me that I should blog and I should monetize it. And it was probably good advice. But I don't regret not doing that. Um, I don't think I would have been happy trying to, to do it that way. But I do have a lot of <laughs> backlog blog stuff. So now I've gotten my microphone cord tangled in this vine that I cut off. There we go. All right, now I'm ready to move on with my life. Once I throw this over the wall, that is. Go, be gone. Okay, there. 
but at one point she had said to me that she thought that my blog would be much more profitable and do better if I stuck to a single theme, if I only talked about writing or something like that. This is a theme of my life, isn't it? People are always saying, you know, if you would just refine yourself to talking about one thing. And she said, less stuff about cats and New Mexico weather and more about writing. And I'm sure she found it, we haven't talked in a really long time, but I'm sure she found it terribly unfunny that I then began tagging any of my posts <laughs> that were about cats in New Mexico weather with that. <laughs> oh, I know I'm a terrible friend to have. But you know it's good advice, but that's just not me. And, and that was something I talked about in the presentation, too, about writing cross-genre, is that I have just never been a person who focused on only one topic, uh, who writes in only one genre. And sometimes marketing advice, the advice that people give you in order to market stuff well, isn't always the same advice for, I don't know, for being a human being, for being creative, for doing the thing that brings you joy. In fact, very often they are not the same things. I haven't found many joyful marketers, you know. It goes back to the uh, saying from, you know, Lao Tzu says that racing and hunting madden the mind. That's from the Tao Te Ching. And he says that the, that the pursuit of money makes people miserable. And it's not that having money itself is bad. It's that the pursuit of it uh, can really be soul-destroying, especially when it's to the pursuit of money above all else. <clears throat> you know, and it's people often misquote the line from the Bible, I think it's from parables. I'm, I'm actually not sure. That shows you how far off my Bible education is. I don't remember much anymore. But, um, you know, people always say that money is the root of all evil. And that's not how, how it actually is. The line is, the love of money is the root of all evil. It's not money that's the problem. It's the love of money. And just as it in the Tao Te Ching, you know, that pursuit of money above all else can really corrupt you. So even though it can be very good advice to focus on only one thing, to think in terms of only one topic or one genre and focus your marketing that way, as a human being, that might not be how you think. And there's nothing wrong with that. And those of you who listen to this podcast know that I don't stick to <laughs> one topic very well at all. Yeah, so it was interesting sort of revisiting that stuff. It's good for me to give that presentation because it helps remind me of the path that I've traveled, uh, both the, the difficult and the exalting And I can think of any number of times in my life when people have said to me then, oh, well, you've made it now, you know, and there's just no such thing. You've never made it. Maybe as human beings, we want to feel that way, that there's this moment at which we've made it. But, you know, that's, life is about building and growing. There's just no, 
no point where you get to stop and sit on the platform for the rest of your life. There's a quote in that book I like, Walking on Alligators, that has the inspirational quotes from various creatives. And I don't remember who said this one. I can put it in the podcast description. But she said, when one is young, one has a feeling that everything is a rehearsal. And then later in life, you realize that that was the show, that it was not a rehearsal, that you were on stage the whole time. And I think that's important to remember, you know, that all these things we do, this this is the thing we're doing. That's not preparation for something else. It's not a rehearsal. It's not building up to a certain point at which then we will have made it and be done. The whole thing is the doing. Hello, Hummer. <laughs> Hummer said hello to you. Probably said get away from my feeder, but hey. So, so it was fun to give that presentation. Yesterday I got a lot of stuff done. I got my outfits planned out for San Diego Comic Con and RWA. And so we're, I'm set for a while on all that. Though I'll actually pack for Comic Con Wednesday and then do the repack on Sunday. And I can do laundry if I need to, but I was trying not to have to do laundry on that Sunday since it's David's birthday and we'll see what happens. I can always do an emergency laundry. Let's see which things I feel like wearing. <laughs> it did help in that um, it's going to be radically different temperatures between the two places. Uh, San Diego is looking like it's going to be in the upper 60s to low 70s, <laughs> pretty consistently. You know, San Diego doesn't change much, but also doesn't warm up much. It looks like the whole time I'm there, the high is going to be a 72. Low about 68 Fahrenheit. Sorry, Korean, I don't know what that is in Celsius. I should know. I really should learn these things. And then New York, this weekend, New York City, especially down around Times Square, where I'm going to be, is showing a high of like 101, 102. Looks like it'll be a little bit better than that by Monday. I don't see a forecast past Monday, but it's going to be hot and muggy in New York, whereas San Diego will be ocean breezy and probably a little bit of fog. So I tried to wear my heavier dresses to San Diego and the light ones to New York City. So, do the best I can that way. We watched an interesting movie last night. Started it Saturday night, finished it last night. We also watched Big Little Lies last night. We'll come back to that. Uh, but we watched Juliet Naked, which was very good, um, with Ethan Hawke and Rose Byrne. Very different role for Ethan Hawke. Is Ethan Hawke who I mean? The other day, Shannon was all, I know what movie you're talking about, and you're wrong. Because I was mixing up um, Rebel Wilson with Amy Schumer. Which, if you understand my brain, is a perfectly understandable thing to do. It's absolutely within brand for me. <laughs> I don't know why. You know, like, they're both, they're both um, 
blonde and they both have a similar kind of comedy and I like them both. Let's see here. It's funny they don't have him as the, yeah, it's Ethan Hawke. Okay, I was right. Yay. So anyway, Ethan Hawke plays this. It's a, it's a terrific romance. It really is. Uh, Ethan Hawke plays this reclusive rock star who disappeared and hasn't made any music in like 20 years. And Rose Byrne is living with her boyfriend in England on the seashore. And she's... That area around Kent, the Kent beaches, looks so beautiful to me, and they always act like it's such an awful, miserable place. I don't understand. It must be have something to do with the communities there. But anyway, her boyfriend is obsessed with this rock star, with Tucker Crow. And he knows everything, and he runs his website and everything. And they get this uh, demo of like some early versions of the songs on his one album, and they're all going crazy about it. And she listens to it, and she writes a scathing note on the website saying this is just a money grab it's ridiculous these songs aren't even you know they're they're worse versions of the songs we already know so they have a big fight about it but then tucker crow emails her and says yeah you're right i was just doing it for the money (laughs) and they strike up an epistolary relationship which is a great word uh and, and it's really wonderful where she starts corresponding with Tucker Crow and uh, it progresses from there. It, and it also had some really wonderful stuff in it about how Tucker Crow viewed his music versus how Duncan the Boyfriend views it. And when they finally meet, they have a big argument because Duncan the Boyfriend is waxing rhapsodic about the genius of the one album and Tucker Crow is saying no it's just shit you're wrong and and Duncan says to him it doesn't matter to you it doesn't matter what you think it means or what you think the value is what matters is that it has value to me and that's a really profound thing you know I talk about that with book reviews and stuff like that here you know once you release your art to the world it belongs to the people who receive it. You know, they sure you always get a piece of it, but they're the ones who, um, you know, that they, they get a piece of it too, and they get to decide what what it means to them. And the artist doesn't get to control that. So I found that really interesting, deep, and meaningful. And Big Little Lies, of course, we are now on the penultimate episode of the season. If you've been well, you know, I, I hate to be spoilery on it. I really think it's a wonderful show. If you're not watching it, I think it's just incredible. I love all of the female interactions in this show and how the men are just sort of out on the periphery. Um, so I'll, I'm just going to make some cryptic remarks that shouldn't be too spoilery, but if you are watching, you'll know what I mean. I think Meryl Streep is fucking brilliant. I just love that they have her playing Perry's mother. Uh, she manages to convey so much with just the slightest gesture. Uh, she is just unreal. And that moment at the very end of last night's episode where she kind of purses her lips and does that little head bobble like, oh, well, 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 uh, 
you know, she conveys so much. She's just amazing. Um, Ed, Madeline's husband, I just can't even with him. I am ready to kill him. I just hate the way that he, um, I, everything that he's doing drives me crazy. And it was interesting because David's been watching it too. He really likes it. And he said, um, he said, you know, the thing is, is that Ed has never acted like he really likes Madeline. He says there's nothing about her that he just, you know, the essence of who she is, he doesn't really like. And I thought, you know, that's, you know, I, I love my man. He's, <laughs> that's, that's part of why I love him and part of why he's a model for a lot of my romance heroes because he recognizes that, that that's one of the most profound things you can do for your life partner is to actually like them to like who they are, even like their flawed ways, you know, and for Ed to be acting at this point like all of the things that make Madeline who she is is somehow unlikable, you know, I, it's, I just hope that they don't try to repair that relationship because I want her to go find somebody who actually likes her. So, well, that's 20 minutes. It went by fast. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go deal with business, and then I'm maybe gonna try to put this sex scene together, sex scene book together. I've been anticipating Sarah will come back to me with um, edits. So I don't know. I'm a little bit spinning my wheels that way. But uh, I hope you all have a fantastic Monday. Get that week going great, and I will talk to you all tomorrow. Take care. Bye bye.